Welcome to Trust the Journey. <laughs> I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. <laughs> Our mission is to live, oh. laugh, oh. love, and learn together with you. Thank <laughs> whatever. Thank the universe. Yeah, team, we're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice here of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. If you want to find us on the internet, our handle is trustthejourney.today. That will take you directly to our website. You'll also find us on Instagram and Patreon. And if you want to connect with us further, you can support us on Patreon. And really, that support goes a really long way. So big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We are so grateful for your support. It really makes such a huge difference to be able to produce this show for you. And we're so grateful for it. If you would like to join the Trust the Journey family, it's an inclusive group in which we specifically curate a safe space for anybody who wants to be there to either sit on the sidelines and watch quietly observe to share when suddenly there's something that needs to be shared or to just regularly put out this is the place where i share things and you know it's it's all about whatever you want to make it and whatever we want to make it thing is it's a safe space it's this held shared space for everybody to participate in and we've got such a great family there so if you'd like to join the trust the journey family that is on patreon and it's a private facebook group and any donation level will get you into the group yeah i absolutely use the trust the journey family for support too when i'm having a rough rough go or when i just have some thought i want to share it's it's a really special space so like jay said join us anytime and for today, let's dive in. We are talking today about presence, gratitude, happiness. We're thinking about things we do for our future selves. And I am excited to see where this one's going to go. You know, we were chatting only moments before the show. What is it we're going to talk about today? You know, and the reason why this is on the table for me is suddenly starting to feel and truly appreciate things that past me has done for future me, meaning the me now, seeing the results of lots of hard work and feeling it and truly appreciating the value of the times when it's just not fun, you know, when you're really, really working hard for something and it's, it's not clear at the time when you're working, whether or not the value is actually going to be, you know, rewarded or returned for the investment that's being made. So I wanted to put forward the idea because I think it, it's only when we really get into the later parts of our lives, at least the middle sections of our lives, that we start to really can understand the value of investing in future us. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. It's really powerful. It's one of the things that has stuck out for me recently. Well, I mean, so much. I feel like I always have so much to say, you know what I mean? Like this reflective space alone is so healing as we've pointed to many times. Uh, but I, I often think about my experience as a competitive skydiver 
and earning and cultivating the skills of getting through that fear, stress, anxiety that would precede a competition or a competition round, you know, literally the the feelings in my physical body in the airplane flying up to jump run before exiting at, at a very during a very important round or round 1 or whatever so much riding on that there's like such there's such a high attachment to that that for me at least there was such that I as a young competitor would feel a lot of that like a lot of it and I find myself now now that I'm past beyond my competition days I I no longer compete in skydiving by choice and I like that uh but when I'm now faced with stress or I'm in something that is ha- has a prolonged stress to it and I'm managing that feeling, that same physical feeling, I find myself feeling super grateful for having done that. It's definitely not something I could have anticipated helping me in the ways that it does now. You know what I mean? Like all those years of competing seemed really almost selfish. You know, like I really love doing this. It's really, really fun. I love my team. But now I'm just so thankful for the rigor of that literal physical experience and the emotional, mental experience as well because I use it so frequently when I find myself in stress or anxiety. It's a, it's big. Like, and the gratitude also now really helps me diffuse any feelings of resistance to whatever I might be challenged with now, too. You know, I, as we had this topic on the table, I hadn't even considered so many things that you just made come to mind. With. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I know. oh my gosh, I know. What there's a whole ton of stuff. I know. That's like, why I was like, what do I even say? Holy shit. Yeah. So I, I I guess because I've been very wrapped up in my current moment in like where in where I am in the present moment in today that I kind of forget about all the other things that like are the foundation to to who I am and why I am who I am and as I can only ever speak from my perspective from my own life experience the one point of view that I get in my honest opinion humble opinion the that that speaking on that competition, yeah, I have no desire Mm-mm. at this present moment to participate no, in competition. The last thing I want to do is compete with anybody, except maybe in w- one sense, I like being part of a team. And so, if I have a team that wants to work towards accomplishing a goal, then I would be very much on board with working with a team to accomplish goals, but I don't really want to go and compete like to prove myself that I can do something as an individual. I think that individual growth piece isn't what I'm looking for anymore. It's more, I want to take the skills I learned as a competitive individual and apply them in a team environment because a flying better together. It's, yeah. it's not a tagline. It's the real deal. Yeah. You know, there's a big difference between saying something because it's 
you know, it's a catchword or, or whatever. And it really meaning it really is what we're talking about. So yeah, I would, um, I'm going to take this one more step in, I was talking with Shannon Pilcher a little while ago and we have these great conversations that I really cherish and they're, they tend to be short and sweet, but they're straight to the point of things. And we're talking about meditation and I, realized just recently that I've had a meditation practice for decades. Wow, cool. And that meditation practice started as I would be on a call, whether it would be training or whether it be competition or any other day of jumping. As I go to don my rig, there'd be a moving meditation that would engage and I would follow a very structured, very flow-based internal process of staying focused and calm and following all these steps and keeping my mind under control, learning to keep my mind under control so that I could then handle this physical situation that I would be in so that I could perform at the level I want to. And would I always accomplish it? Hell no. You know, very often fumble, fail, completely coming apart at the seams, but the practice has been there for ages. And so I find myself now able to be like slice of fresh crispy cucumber, cool, not phased, just watching everything go on and just not reacting because of all that time spent putting myself in these situations that are just high pressure, mind wants to explode, freaking out wants to happen. Yeah. And and that's just not allowed, you know? It's got it's going to be managed, so so I'm super grateful for the learning to meditate in the moving meditation environment, which now has become a sitting meditation, which is more about being okay with everything and being grateful for everything. Every single thing. I love washing my dishes. Mm -hmm. You know, everything. Finding that gratitude in everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Interestingly, I just meditated right before this recording <laughs> right <laughs> we were texting jay and i were texting to you know just my power had gone off in my house and i was like well i have this much battery in my thing and then this and my phones they got this much charge and yada 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 not not freaking out you know it's whatever it's all good it will be what it will be and, you know, my power came right, came back on, luckily. And I said, cool, I'm going to meditate. See you, see you soon, <laughs> you know, because that's an, that's a very interesting practice for me too, in the sense that I resisted for a long time. I've shared that before for sure, but it's fascinating to for me in the experience of meditation connecting both to the cloud of sensation sam harris says it like that in his his app waking up which i use often i do other meditations that are guided and i do other meditations that are self-guided um but that feeling the cloud of sensation that is my body where it is in physical space is a really good way for me to immediately drop into presence and step away from my mind. Equally, when I meditate, it is 
fascinating to see the difference on certain days when I feel like I'm more stressed or I have a, you know, something that's causing me anxiety that's that's not here yet, that's down the road. I my mind is a lot busier. It's a lot more quote unquote difficult for me to step back from that mind and only in being in a meditation practice really accepting of of whatever that looks like when I am quote unquote meditating like not looking for some specific experience but rather just being in whatever the experience is inside my practice that has that has informed me over the last year and a half of how lo- how long I've been basically doing this with any kind of real cadence. And that definitely is serving the, the me of today because no longer am I like, fuck, I, I keep thinking. Oh! And like that resistant part of you that wants to come up, or at least part of me that wants to come up when I can't seem to shake an anxiety or shake a... a a thing that's kind of upsetting me or whatever, I'll know that it that's part of the practice is that like that's my opportunity to then continue to work with that feeling and dissolve it through the breath or through connecting again to that cloud of sensation or whatever. So yeah, I mean, again, I just bring it back to things you do for your future self and, and certainly presence is that's a that's a thing. Meditation for me has become a real key and powerful piece of my personal well-being. So I'm going to read back a um, quote that you shared on your Instagram a couple days ago because I picked it up and put it in my collection. And I it says, Anxiety is simply a buildup of toxic energy in our nervous system. This is most often caused by a lack of emotional expression. And I really loved that share. It was by Eden Harari from the Kinetic Body Therapy. And uh, I felt like that resonated with me a lot in that in the meditation state, when you're working on being present, Uh, And so for those of us who don't meditate or haven't practiced yet, the practice of meditation is really about just listening to ourself think and being aware of what our thoughts are and choosing to pick the set of thoughts that are only engaging with where you are in the instant. So it's not about not thinking. It is about not thinking about the future and not thinking about the past. It's about just being observing. You're, you're allowed to be alive. You're allowed to be a human. You're allowed to think. You're allowed to have a mind, per se. It's not about ignoring your mind or turning your mind off or pretending like we can have an off switch in some way. The mind continues to exist. Consciousness continues to exist. What we're aiming for in the practice is to not be dragged out of now, to not allow anxiety to pull us into something that has happened to us, which is our past, or something that we're stressed about or concerned about, which might happen or maybe think is going to happen in the future. 
So it's about really just staying in this present moment. And when we get to that point where we're able to just observe ourselves and say, oh, no, I was thinking about the future again. Okay, no, no, I I don't need to think about the future because I just don't need to do that. And we can let that go. Or I don't need to keep thinking and ruminating on the past and something that happened. I, I can let that go. And I can just be here. And then I can ask myself, is there anything wrong right now? And chances are pretty good that unless you're about to be attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, <laughs> that there is nothing wrong right now. You know? Yeah. And just getting to that, getting out of those that anxiety of like carrying emotional frustration or suppressed energy emotionally or building up of suppressed building up and suppressing emotional anxiety energy and making it into anxiety about something that may or may not happen. Yeah. The one of the most awesome books that I've recently read, I I honestly can't remember if I've said this already on the show. I apologize, peeps, if I've said it twice because I've shared it with quite a few people. But the difference between processing the stressor versus processing the stress. So it's a book called Burnout. It's really, really good. But the distinction of processing the stressor, so the thing that is causing you stress, versus processing like physically expressive, like processing through the actual stress that's held in your body, they're two different things. So just because something ends and uh, stress, the thing that was causing you stress is now over, and is no longer you no longer have to worry about it it doesn't mean that you haven't expressed or processed that stress that you carried while in that process of stressing out about something and so that's where i, I that's been so helpful to me recently where i know that when i get in nature when i move my body you know, I'm a very physical person. I love to dance. I love to move. I love to be immersed in things. So that physicality also connects to the idea of being in flow and finding things that really ground us in the presence. In the present, yeah, Jay's given a big thumbs up for sure. So one of the things recently I've been doing. I mean, there's a million things, but one of the things recently I've been doing, which has helped me interrupt the pattern of being less physical, so not exercising very much, not moving my body as much as I know I would benefit from, is I totally have been doing Sean T's size dance workouts, which sounds so cheesy and whatever, but I have said this before, I have a dream of being in a hip-hop dance troupe at some point (laughs) in my life. And his and I love Shanti because like I don't know why he's just so amazing when he's like you can do it I literally believe him like his energy to me just hits me in a real place I love him and so it's fun to dance with him it's fun to learn these dance moves and so what I've been doing recently is even when I don't want want to. I've really made myself in a positive sense, like this is for future Mel, whether it's future Mel one hour from now or whether it's future future Mel performing with her cool local hip-hop troupe two years from now. You know what I mean? It feels very, very much like an act of self-love to dance and to, to do it with him and his crew 
so yeah, anyway, that's just something I wanted to share because it helps me again process my the stress that my body wants to hold. Yeah, that's really interesting. You really nailed it with the stressor, the stressor, like the the relative experience, the thing that we carry with us is a, a memory or, or in a molecular experience, right? Like everything that happens to us is bioenergetic, right? So we are biological beings. We are animal, right? We are not rock or machine. We're animals. So we process things on a bio level, on a, on a water-based system. Right. And then everything that we feel or see or hear or taste, it all gets experienced energetically through the water in our bodies. Right. So our memories, our emotions, our feelings, all processing, which is just energy movement through our cells, through our memories, through our minds, through our bodies. And those experiences stay with us. And you know how we can prove that is, do you remember feeling a certain way? Uh, duh, of course we do. Yeah, I remember when I felt amazing. I had this awesome experience. Do you remember feeling terrible? Yes, I remember. <laughs> so if you can remember those feelings, then those feelings are still with you, right? They're still with us, right? So we're still carrying a remnant, uh, uh, some kind of a marker with us that reminds us and sometimes we can go back and like do you remember your first love and you're like into this like long tunnel of of emotional experience that we are carrying with us and we're like yeah i still have these feelings they are still part of me they are making up my energetic signature per se and this is where the concept of aura comes from and when people talk about oh they have such a beautiful aura it's really about the energy field that we're producing which is what makes up who we are right so what makes up who we are is our collective experience and that includes what we choose to hold on to and what we choose to let go of so if we're constantly shedding negative experiences and letting them go away and not carrying them with us anymore and choosing to keep and reverberate and resonate feelings that we really think, man, that was the best thing ever. I love dancing. That was the best food ever. It made me feel so, you know, enriched. It, 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 um, it fulfilled me in, a, in an energetic way, you know, all oh, this experience I had with this person, I had so much love for them, so much gratitude for them. If we keep carrying all these things all the time, then they become our resonant energy field. They become the energy that we put out. And you, anybody could admit that you feel it from anybody sick and that you see them, you know, somebody rounds a corner and you're like, whoa, yeah, caution. Yeah. Or, whoa. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. You know? So true. Yeah. So, so check true. this out. Check this out. I yeah. want to go on to this point. Please. No, um, I'm, I'm just I'm just supporting that share. That was thanks. good. I was like, you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Um, you, you touched on something earlier, and there's this interesting thing is, okay, so I'm a white man, okay? So yay to me because I'm freaking privileged. If it comes to privilege, I'm the guy, okay? I'm a white guy who lives in Western world. And I'm pretty good looking too. So I've really got the world handed to me on a platter. I know that's the case. And so I am extremely grateful. But there's a bunch of crap that comes with that when it comes to toxic masculinity and the things that we have to put up with with being a man. So if I were just to say to you, 
old me, okay, me from like way back when, was to say, I'm going to learn to meditate, I would bitch slap me. Yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to learn to meditate? What is that hokey bullshit that you're going to talk, you know, like what kind of crap is that? You know, the world I grew up in would think of me who meditates as some soft ass boy who doesn't really in touch with his strength as a man, who can't stand up for himself, who doesn't have his own willpower, who's going to like some energy bull crap. There would be all these things that would come with the concept of meditation. And so for anybody who's listening to this, who has taken enough of a fearless dive into their own journey to push play on this podcast that they're now listening in this moment, props to you. And... Meditation is for badasses, motherfucker. Fuck yeah, it is. It is no joke. It is no joke. And that's the thing. I love that. I love that you pointed to that because it's true. If I think about what I would deem true badassery, you know what I mean? Like if I really think right about it. Right out of my it, mouth you took yeah, that word. Right out of my God. mouth. Yeah. God, we're so, see, we're in flow. It's like... Even, again, showing up for this, for our therapy sesh that we happen to record and share with the world. (laughs) But, yeah, when I think about true badassery, it's, yeah, it's character pillars for me. It's absolutely character pillars, how people show up in the world, what they do to work through the things that they have to work through to purge the things they need to purge to be able to rise into things that they resist that's that is hardcore. I mean, we've talked obviously about our healing with psychedelics and how that those really facilitate in a ceremonial setting that type of emotional healing and purging, which is wildly brave and wildly courageous, like wildly difficult. And that I look at that and people who lean into growth, whether it's through that avenue or whether it's through the avenue of you know, talking like we talk with friends and whether it's getting help with therapy and all the things that we've talked about a million times, but that is really, really brave. I just, that's it. Have you ever spoken to anybody before a psychedelic ceremony who isn't terrified? Oh my God. So scary. Totally terrified. Oh. Of, oh, and then the best thing about this is I really take pleasure in observing myself and in others who are on the journey. I'm like, the only thing you have to be afraid of is what's inside your own head. I know. And it's like, ah. <laughs> and you're shitting yourself. Right? Exactly literally, literally right. terrified <laughs> of what we might encounter inside my own mind. Oh, God. It's like going into the darkness being brave enough to go into our own darkness is so incredibly healing if i if we talk about things we do for our future selves that is bar none number 1 through whatever avenues we do it but really doing the work to dig up the roots of the darkness that wants to stay really entrenched in our in our beings, in our energy, and finding the ways to lovingly shine light on that so that it so that you can 
you know, rip it up, basically, which sounds really aggressive and violent, which sometimes it can feel like that. But it's love, you know, but I mean it as love, even though it sounds really tough. Tough love is is really good, though, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, we give each other tough love in the hardest moment where we're like, hey, you really need a slap right now because <laughs> that's what you need the most. And there's no better person to give that to ourselves than ourselves. Right? Yeah. We're going to we receive it best from ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So here's, here's one. I'm going to like just kind of swing us forward a little bit. I I have been starting to consider in the last, I'd say the last year, this started to really like come into my view. Me, Jay, this guy who I see when I look in the mirror, who's looks kind of old when I look in the mirror, looks much older than I think I am. I am starting to think about my 50th birthday coming up in a couple of years. And then I'm starting to think, okay, wait, if I look at the back part of my life, that's already happened. Uh, there was like the first 25 years, the next 25 years, you know, zero to 25, 25 to 50. These are pretty clear divisions, right? So we do a lot of this dividing by quarter century for good reason. You know, there's a good reason <laughs> we do it that way. And so now I'm starting to think about what is me look like from 50 years old to 75 years old like what is that gonna mean as far as the story that i get to tell the world about what i did with this opportunity called my life right and so i am for the first time ever thinking longer term and i'm a little embarrassed but i'll be honest i can be vulnerable on here okay the best i ever did at thinking long-term up until my mid forties was to be like five or 10 years ahead to thinking, well, if I actually bought a house instead of just paying rent, or if I actually got married and invested into a relationship, or if I actually started a business or tried to become a world champion, like that might take me five or 10 years to accomplish one of these things, you know? And all of those, I feel like I've had very successful um, endeavors with investing into, but none of them have had a quarter century view forward to be looking at the say, where do I want to be 25 years from now? And how do I want the 25 years between now and then to look? And so what's really funny about this is if you took me back to like my first 25, back when I was like 10, or 15 years old, I could spout off all kinds of things about what I would want the next 25 to look like. But somewhere in the middle, that got really absorbed into the now. And I was fearful or unwilling to take the risk of investing in future me at the level that maybe I should have been, you know? So there's parts of me that really wish that I did a better job of investing in future me back then. And so as a result, there are part, there's also things I did invest in that are really good. But as a result, now I have this much improved clarity about, Oh, okay. If I have 50 to 75 on my radar and I'm going to draw that timeline in and include all the things that are going to happen between now and then, what are the things I want to happen in there? Well, I got to get my ass to work and hustle so that if I'm hustling now, 
I'm going to see the 10x result of that in five years and in 10 and in 15, it's going to be 20x and 30x. So I'm just reminding myself openly and sharing my current process. Uh, and this is presence. So this is bringing me back to like my presence and the whole meditation thing. My right now can view forward without going into that time. I'm here. I'm right now. What do I need to do right now that's going to, that is going to end up in a result of future me going, good job, Jay, you crushed it. That gave me exactly what I needed in this current moment. And that brings me to what you said, getting my ass outside, going and exercising, eating healthy, staying fit, doing the work I need to do to clean my closet, rip up those old demons by the roots, fix that shit, you know, fix those cracks before they continue to widen. Yep, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, I just listened to, this is something that happened today as well. I just listened to the Tim Ferriss episode with Naval, I forget his last name, but it was a really good episode. One I of haven't the, heard this yet. What is it, what is it about? It's this, basically this VC investor guy who doesn't really do any, any interviews. He did like one interview years ago with Tim and anyway. He has a Twitter following of zillions of people, I guess. But he's a one. He's similar to Tim in that he's a learner. I I actually don't remember listening to his previous episode. I don't recall him as someone that's crossed my radar. So today felt like I was meeting him for the first time. But what I liked, there was a lot that I liked about the episode. But they talked about the his approach to life, which I very much buy into, is the long game. Now, I'm a big, huge believer in the long game as it relates to relationships, as it relates to work, right? We've talked about that in in terms of you see rewards 20 years into your career. You're like, oh, okay, now it's like the trust has been built and now I'm having a sort of influx of opportunity. Oh, relationships and trust with friendship. Like you and I, you know, we're doing pretty good. Like we've got two solid years of really showing up for each other or more. I guess it's almost three now, but like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, right? So we are really, we're, we've been invested in the long-term nature of obviously the show and stuff, but our friendship too, our working partnership. And I see that certainly in my other cherished relationships in my life where they're really built on the long game, on the long-term view. And that view helps us. It's, It's interesting because it's, again, this polarity of when we can be totally detached from outcome, from how things look, we can really be committed to a very long-term picture. So as I relate to it in terms of work and connection and relationship, or I can look at those things and go, okay, my long-term view of, of relationships is a trust is a ferocious trust and connection and and emotional safety with these people that I've I've been with and through this long period. What does that look like in between? Who the fuck knows? 
Do we go, you know what I mean? I, nobody knows. But like there are character pillars, like we said before, of how does one show up in a relationship like that over time? What do I think needs to happen over time in order for that trust to be to be built? And so I, I view that similarly as it relates to my work, my creativity, my voice, my writing. All of those things really matter to me. Like if I do a podcast interview with someone else and I'm like, oh, this is an okay interview, but I showed up, I, I was brave enough to put myself on any type of stage, I feel like that still is in line with my va- value pillar of being brave and, and being brave enough to be seen, uh, et cetera. I could go on and on about this, but it, it is the interesting dichotomy of being totally detached from, from short-term outcome being connected to a long-term vision. So it's, I don't know, because what are you trying to create in a 25-year period? You know what I mean? So I think it really depends on each person and what they're trying to work into. So the the show you were referencing was um, Tim Ferriss podcast, episode number 473, Naval Revacant or Revicant. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Um you know, you're really hitting the nail on the head with all these topics, you know, the way we're wrapping this into kind of the, the bigger picture. I am so grateful for this investment. Um, the practice of voice, the practice of engaging in speaking beliefs and sharing beliefs and removing the stigmas or fears or anything that surrounds those preconceived ideas. You know, like, like I said, like I growing up in a environment where a lot of these things are snubbed down where they're not received with positive enthusiasm. I feel like it's our job. It becomes very clear that to me that it is our straight up job to say that is wrong. That's not the truth about these things and these are what we perceive to be the truth and i'm really really grateful for the opportunity to have this platform um, to have this audience to have this team to work within and all of those things are not handed to us they're not given to us right we have to work to create them so there is this thing where uh, there was another i'm going to pull this one up here because this was the other one I saved for myself and this was on Jason Silva's Instagram page he's got some really inspired stuff I, like I love him. listening to him rant sometimes I do too. yeah I do too. he's he's very impassioned <laughs> yes. right and he loves the English language so if you want to listen to somebody just you know manipulate words and language to really get a point across he's fun to get to get in with so uh, Jason Silva on Instagram and the quote I can't read who has written it because the quote is cut off. Oh, no. Here we go. I found it. Elizabeth Gilbert. <gasps> my, my, it's an Elizabeth my Gilbert sister. Quote. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Happiness is the consequence of personal effort. You fight for it, strive for it, insist upon it, and sometimes even travel around the world looking for it. You have to participate relentlessly in the manifestation of your own blessings. 
They do not get handed to you. You have to manifest them. And once you have achieved a state of happiness, you must never become lax about maintaining it. You must make a mighty effort to keep swimming upward into that happiness forever to stay afloat on top of it. One of my, one of my favorite quotes, happiness is a consequence of personal effort. It's real. It, you, you, you know, sometimes you travel around the world looking for it. Like that part of the quote obviously speaks volumes to me, given I've, you know, the, yeah. the like seeking, the seeker, the like, what, what have I not figured out yet? You know, what, what have I, what have I left to experience? And then finding a real gratitude with the experiences, with the, whatever the experience is. And that again, can be so tough to connect to that gratitude when we're in challenge. You know what I mean? But like, I really do, I deeply personally value life, like living life, like being alive, you know, like live having experiences that I have not had before. And that includes having iterative experiences that seem like the same experience, but really they're all unique and, and alone and, and soul in the sense that they are building on each other. There no experience, even as iterative, as iterative as it may seem, is the same. It's always a new experience, even if it's in the same lane of, of growth. So anyway, I have a lot of gratitude think, for that. I think that's one of the things that we gain through that uh, comp competition and training environment or anything that you work on repetitively over and over and over again. Uh, you know, I, I did 10,000 swoops, way more than that. 10,000 swoops comp training and competing, but no two were ever the same. Yeah, right? exactly. Never did the same one twice. Exactly. It's impossible. There is no, there is no same thing twice that does not exist. <laughs> totally. right? It's always a little variation. And there's a mathematical reason why it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist because of irrational numbers. Irrational numbers keep change in place for our universe. They are the constant that exists, the constant of change. So um, I wanted to share... I, man, I'm on a roll today. Go, blah, blah, blah. do it. I, I'm, I feel like I'm going on and on when I talk. So I'm like, yes, please, Jay, go. Good, good. <laughs> um, there. I want to share something because lately I have been adamantly sharing this little a series of meditations with people that I love, people that are closest to me, the people that I care about a lot that are really important in my close circle. I'm like, please listen to this. Please dive in. And I'm like pushing, 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 like take the time to absorb this because for me, the value that I've received back out of it has been so high that I just can't express how valuable it's been to me and how much I enjoy it. Like I thoroughly get lost in it like child mind. Right. Like my child mind just dives in and goes exploring all over the place. And I come back with these deep insights that you, you know, you receive as a child, you know, exploring in the, in the forest or like, oh, look at this cool thing I found. And so the share is a meditation and it is based in Buddhist Zen meditation. 
and I don't have that much experience directly related to Zen, but it's been one of those catchphrase things that I've grown up with. That's probably one of the earliest descriptors referring to meditation and like, oh, it's really Zen. Like it's super quiet in there. And there's these things that we might think of as Zen, but I have to say, I finally got it. Like I understand what the arriving instantly reference is made to so just arrive and in that arrival it's really more of a stopping than arriving to me it's kind of like we're always going and then suddenly we stop and we're able to see everything around us it's like when you're driving in the car things are whizzing by all the time and you don't really have time to connect with them right. but if you stop the car and get out you're there you're you you you're present you arrive so this is the relationship. And so the share is, it is through Sam Harris's app, awesome. which is called Waking Up, which I'm a huge fan of. And it's one of the practices available in the practice series once you get through the basic meditation introductions. And it is called An Introduction to the Koan Way. And Koan is K-O-A-N. The section is hosted by Henry Shuckman. And I really enjoy his cadence, his verbal delivery, the way he carries his voice and the way that he chooses to describe and how he expresses himself. And the concept of a koan is some, it's a thought or an idea a few words strung together that bring us instantly into a space of contemplation. And so it's that arrive instantly concept where all I have to do is say a couple words and then you're like, Oh, I could ponder that for a long time. And it is that, that deep pondering that is meditation. And it is that pondering of an insight that's been expressed to us. So I've experienced this multiple times through my life and I've always deeply enjoyed that deep inner space of contemplation. It's something that I've sought out throughout my whole life experience and not really been aware of it as arriving into that mind space of, of meditation. And all of a sudden I was able to put the two things together and I'm like, oh, I've been doing this all along. And so here's that, that same set of connection to a practice that exists within ourselves unconsciously becoming a practice that is conscious. So some of these koans are, are so beautiful and so simple. And Melanie, you just touched on one earlier and that's what brought the whole thing up was gratitude for everything and thoroughly appreciating the love of life. And one of the koans that's in there is wash your bowls. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's, it's just in reference to like, just being stoked in gratitude for being where you are in the instant you're in. And if that instant is washing your dishes after eating, yeah. then that's the instant. It, it doesn't make any difference if you're on the top of the most beautiful mountain, the arms of somebody you totally love or standing, washing your dishes, they're equally special in their own ability to be appreciated oh it's so true the the irony of you bringing up washing the bowls or whatever whatever it was called is 
not lost on me because there was something I was thinking about. I was like, this is very relevant to this episode. One of the columns that I wrote 10 years ago, you know, way at the early, early onset of me writing my my monthly column for Blue Skies Magazine, which then became my book, which now I'm working on my Audible book. And so this is going to go someplace, but I'm bringing it down to something really tactical and practical and pragmatic because you and I love to play in the big, in the big spaces, right? We love to play in mental health and, and, and digging up shit by the roots and all this, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, maybe I can bring something that's, that's, that those things support. But one of the columns that I wrote was called Be One with the Whites, which meant, which I was talking about basically being very present and meditative about doing your laundry and and being super, super present and focused. I was likening the presence that we get in skydiving to that we can access that at any point in anything that we're doing. So it's very relevant to this. Why I bring up the Audible book is this is something it's there's so many little pieces of evidence inside just this one project how things that i did years ago are now serving me for example i didn't know how to edit videos and i loved making those funny videos carolyn chow my best friend taught me how to edit videos in imovie years ago and i i earned that skill i spent the hours and the frustrating like like pain of learning that new skill and then forever years now years I've been able to make my own funny movies and have so much joy in my life because of that serve my business yada yada just this weekend I was working with some audio files for my audible book editing them in iMovie because it's the software that I know how to use just to just to get them to a place where I could work with them with my audio engineer and the only reason I was able to do that was because I learned that skill 10 10 12 years ago now stay with me we have been talking and i i keep bringing up guest interviews because i want it to show on this show on you guys i want you guys to hear how much has actually gone in to us finally doing that so now i've got this little piece of equipment that i'm showing on the video it's our new audio recording equipment that's a mobile thing and i just started testing out how to use that and I, I very well may use it to record the rest of my Audible book. Now, I didn't know how to use that. I've been sort of in resistance to learning it because I'm like, oh, I've got too much going on. But my future self will be so thankful and will be served by having who knows who I'm going to connect with doing a guest interview on our beautiful, wonderful platform, Trust the Journey, you know what I mean? Like I can't even anticipate what might come from me being willing to work on this Audible equipment. You know what I mean? It's just like that's a good example of right now something that I easily could just keep putting off, keep putting off. But now I'm seeing it serve both this project that I'm working on right now. I'm seeing what I did years ago serving me now and I'm, and I'm believing what I do now is going to serve me later. So that's motivating me. You're so on point with that. You know, there's there's not rarely 
rarely is there a developed skill set, something that we've worked over a long time to bring to being a, a proper skill set that we aren't grateful that we we have. Totally. You know, there's sometimes things that get outdated that don't apply anymore if they're a shorter term. But so many things I'm just totally patting myself on the back for lately for going, good job for learning this. Good job for figuring this out. Good job for putting this in place because now I get to use them, you know? I love that. A literal pat on the back. Good job, Jay. Literally. No, I totally. Yeah, so the other day, the other day I was flying. I was flying my paraglider and I was having the time of my life. I was just cruising around and totally loving where I was and what I was doing and just really so stoked on my moment. And I'm like, so happy that I went out and took my course three years ago. Yes. So happy that I went and flew all those practice flights. So happy that I got did a lot of uncomfortable things to be able to be comfortable right now so I can be here doing this at this time because this is the result of all that energy in. And that is totally like, yes. So getting true. Them getting the rewards. You know? uh, I hope this episode, peeps, team, family, I hope you guys listening really are hearing this and feeling some of the motivation that I at least personally really truly derive from that idea. Like that idea really does get me through a lot of my resistance in the now is the like, I know this is going to be good. Like, like the, the trust in hard work, the real trust in this will serve me in a way I can't even think about. It's just like, that's so, so great. I love that for you. You just made me, uh, listening to your little share right there about, uh, which is not a little share, <laughs> shared in a short period of time. <laughs> short term share. <laughs> it, was a, it was a share that didn't take long to share, but it was a huge investment and had a massive value. <laughs> Thank you for the clarifying. video editing. <laughs> Yes. Well, it's not, it's not, I don't want to belittle your experience. It's know, a huge totally. value to you. So I know. I love you. <laughs> Keep going. Right? I love it. The, the video editing skill. So I'm years have gone by in which I wish I had the skill to edit my own website and that I wish I had graphic arts skills where I'm like constantly mm -hmm. going, yeah, if I had the skill, I could do this. Oh, if I had the skill, I could do this. And there are things now I'm like, damn you, Mel. Now I have to go do these things because if I don't do them, I'm going to be future me in a couple of years going, damn it, I still didn't learn those things. And I really wish I had that skill years ago because I would have been utilizing it a long time ago if I had that skill. So true. Uh, I damn feel you, Mel. I know. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. I bet your life coach students both love and hate you. They're like, damn you, Mel. I now so. I have to do these things that I want to do with my life. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think that's part of the the love torture that I I actually use the word torture in some of my my like <laughs> branding is like it's I help you with the torture of the comedy and torture of personal growth. Hands well, that is the, the type two fun. <laughs> yeah, type two fun piece of it, right? Uh. Yeah, there's nothing. That isn't torturous about climbing a mountain. Oh, it's torture. Man. It's a beautiful torture. And the result that we get because of it is just 
totally worth it. It's true. I've always said this about Trust the Journey from day one. You know that is, and I like that we're on our little toddler legs, you know, like the joke that we're, you know, but I really, I really have always looked at this as a long-term thing. And I, I love the family, the Trust the Journey family. I believe our community is, because we are built on character pillars, because we live into them, we embody them, we really truly are them, that I believe deeply in that magnetic power that at some point, like more people will find us and want to join our, not that we need that. It's not even necessary. It's really not. But that's like, I believe that that's a very probable outcome for our our effort here because it's pure. It's inevitable. Yep. Well, I would like to uh, wrap up this episode with a very clear expression of gratitude. And I will start with myself. And this is a demonstration of what a practice looks like for myself. I'm going to say thank you to me for the work that I've done to get to the point where I am right now because acknowledging my own hard work to myself helps me to affirm that the work that I'm going to do today for future me is worth it, right? So there's a value to saying, good job, Jay. I'm not just patting myself on the back. That's not ego. That's me helping to get up the energy to get off my ass and go do something today for future me so that I'm able to reap those rewards, new rewards down the road, and that I can spread that amongst people, amongst beings, about amongst lives, energies, anywhere in my life that I'm going to be able to distribute those rewards. So I'll start with saying thank you to myself for all the hard work. And then I'll say thank you to Mel for being a partner and teammate in this endeavor of learning to have a voice, learning to speak confidently and vulnerably to an audience that I may engage personally, I may never meet, to just be confidently putting it out there. And then Thank you to the listener. Thank you for everybody who's on the other end of this experience receiving the share and taking it and multiplying it. Because I know that what happens, because this is what has happened to me, is somebody inspires me. Somebody says something. I'm like, man, that's badass. I want to do that, but I want to do it better. And I want to take it and do it by 10 times because I saw them do it. And they can, if they can do that, I can do that. And so you on the other end of the line, who's listening right now, who's going to take that. Thank you for taking it. And thank you for making it 10 times more. And thank you for spreading it and empowering more and more people and spreading that love and spreading that positive energy and putting in the hard work now so that the future us, humans, society, people, animals, planet, the whole big thing that is all us can say thank you for all the hard work that we've done. It's all just a big circle. I just want to say ditto. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, I don't even want to add anything because it was so wonderful. I'm like, yes, that. Thank you. And truly, we, we love you guys so much. And the whole keep laughing, keep loving, keep trusting the journey. We mean that, you know, it's like, that's so relevant in what you just shared, Jay, is like that ongoing ongoing practice for future us for future future us 
like really the collective all of us love you guys yeah. very very much thank That's you too soon. yeah love you time for to do some hard work <laughs> love you Let's do some hard work it'll be fun <laughs> love you bye <laughs>